This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Friday, April 17th, 2020. On this day in 1969, Sirhan Bishara Sirhan was convicted of the murder of United States Senator Robert F. Kennedy. Many had hoped that the charismatic 42-year-old senator would win the Democratic nomination and become the 37th president of the United States. But all of those hopes ended when he was gunned down at the Ambassador Hotel. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the 1969 conviction of Sirhan Sirhan, the assassin who shot and killed 42-year-old Senator Robert F. Kennedy. Let's go back to Los Angeles, California, on the morning of April 17, 1969. The small eighth-floor courtroom in the Los Angeles Hall of Justice was designed to seat roughly 75 people, but only about a dozen members of the general public were able to find seats. Over 100 journalists, representing national and regional newspapers, crowded in to report on the proceedings. Still more reporters were relegated to an auxiliary courtroom a few floors below. There, they were forced to watch the proceedings play out on closed-circuit televisions. But even for those watching the trial from afar, the tension inside the courthouse was palpable. Authorities had been on high alert since Sirhan was apprehended. Police were worried a vigilante would assassinate him before he could be tried in court. After all, that was what happened to the man who assassinated Robert's brother, John F. Kennedy. They were anxious to ensure that Sirhan Sirhan did not meet the same fate, and they left nothing to chance. The L.A. Police Department and the L.A. County Sheriff's Office collaborated on security for the day of the trial. Steel plates lined the courtroom windows, and visitors went through a maze of pat-downs and metal detectors before entering. Only then did they see Sir Han. He sat nervously with his defense lawyers. Periodically, he glanced to the far end of the room, where his mother and younger brother sat at stiff attention. They had reason to be anxious. There was a mountain of evidence against Sir Han. For one thing, the 22 caliber revolver he used to kill Robert Kennedy had been literally wrestled from his hand immediately after the shooting took place. There was also Sir Han's manifesto, which he'd written just three weeks before the assassination. One line in Sir Han's notebooks proclaimed, quote, Kennedy must be assassinated before June 5th, 1968. The same day he killed the senator. 
But still, no one was quite sure what to expect. After all, in the months leading up to the verdict, Sirhan's case had taken some surprising turns. First, he'd pled not guilty in the preliminary hearing. Sirhan's attorney indicated that his client was mentally or emotionally imbalanced when he took aim at Robert Kennedy and pulled the trigger. Then, just days before the trial was set to begin, Sirhan sought to change his plea from not guilty to guilty. In a tumultuous outburst before the judge, Sirhan proclaimed that he was guilty on all counts and that he would ask his attorneys to disassociate themselves from his case. This could have changed everything. After receiving Sirhan's psychiatric evaluation, Los Angeles District Attorney Evel Younger was willing to accept a guilty plea in exchange for life in prison. This would have spared the defendant from the gas chamber, which he was eligible for under California law. But it also would have suppressed much of the testimony and evidence relating to Robert Kennedy's assassination. Judge Walker refused to grant Sirhan's request, insisting that the case was too important to be settled out of court. He believed that Americans had a right to learn the details of Senator Kennedy's murder, both how it happened and why. The trial went on for over two months. By April 17th, when the jurors convened to deliver their verdict, it was unclear what outcome the defendant even wanted. Sirhan sat just as tensely as the rest of the courtroom as the jury assembled. He pressed his lips together forcefully, but otherwise sat motionless as the clerk read the unanimous decision. Sirhan Bishara Sirhan was guilty of murder in the first degree. Coming up, the aftermath of the jury's decision and the lasting impact of Sirhan's trial. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On April 17th, 1969, Sirhan Sirhan was found guilty of first-degree murder in the death of U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy. The murder had taken place nearly a year earlier at the Los Angeles Ambassador Hotel. Kennedy had just given a speech celebrating his victory in the California Democratic primary election. It seemed that he had a real chance at winning the presidency before his untimely death. Perhaps it's no surprise the prosecution argued that Sirhan's motive was political. Kennedy, they pointed out, had previously expressed support for Israel. This defense of Israel angered Sirhan, who was born in Palestine. Sirhan's defense, meanwhile, alleged that the defendant was innocent by reason of insanity. They claimed that he'd been under some sort of trance when the shooting took place. But the defense's argument faltered in the face of Sirhan's notebooks. They were filled with diatribes insisting that Robert Kennedy must die by June 5, 1968. 
the jury took these written accounts as evidence that Sirhan had planned his actions methodically and obsessively. The week after Sirhan was convicted, the same jury that decided his guilt reassembled to determine his punishment. Because Sirhan was convicted of first-degree murder, the jurors had three options available under California state law. They could sentence Sirhan to 25 years to life in prison. They could sentence him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Or the jury could condemn the defendant to death in the gas chamber. At his sentencing, Sirhan appeared stoic and unemotional. At one point, the defense lawyer quoted the late Senator Kennedy in his request that juries show kindness. But quoting Robert Kennedy in his assassin's murder trial failed to win sympathy from the jurors. So did Sirhan's apparently unrepentant behavior. He chewed gum while his attorney delivered an impassioned plea to the court. And when the prosecution pleaded that America should pray for the Kennedy family, Sirhan visibly smirked. The jury returned a unanimous verdict. On April 23, 1969, Sirhan was sentenced to death. He was sent to San Quentin prison to await execution on death row. But the execution never came. Three years after Sirhan's sentencing, the California State Supreme Court abolished the death penalty, commuting every death sentence, including Sirhan's, to life in prison. Today, Sirhan Sirhan is still alive. He's spent the last five decades at the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility outside of San Diego. But not everyone is convinced that he should be there. Or at least, they don't think he's the only one that should be there. In the years since Sirhan's trial, many conspiracy theories have emerged suggesting that the killer did not act alone. Much like the conspiracies that sprang up after Senator Kennedy's brother, President John F. Kennedy, was killed in Dallas. In this case, the theories rest largely on audio recordings from the night of the shooting. Forensic analysis of these recordings suggests that 13 shots were fired. Sirhan's gun, however, only held eight bullets, and there was no time for him to reload. Authorities dispute the multiple gunmen theories. In 1986, the Los Angeles Police Commission conducted a lengthy investigation into the conspiracies, and they concluded that Sirhan did indeed act alone. But these alternative theories have garnered some surprising supporters. Just before the 50th anniversary of Senator Kennedy's assassination, his son, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., actually visited Sirhan. Robert Jr. didn't elaborate on what exactly was said during their three-hour conversation, but he did tell reporters that he now believes the theory that there was a second gunman at the Ambassador Hotel the night his father was killed. Still, no one, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or otherwise, disputes that Sirhan was involved in the killing. The assassin's many appeals have been rejected, and his meeting with Kennedy's son will not have any bearing on his fate. Sirhan Bishara Sirhan will serve out the rest of his life in prison. 
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out the ParCast original, Assassinations, which takes a deeper dive into the world's most infamous assassinations. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Brian Pietras with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.